0: Hello and welcome to I read a book once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm going to be talking about the second book, the final book in the Elements of Cadence duology, A Fire Endless. If you've been following along then you know I absolutely loved A River Enchanted when I read it last year. I actually read it about a year ago to when I'm recording at the end of February and I fell in love with it. It was one of the best fantasies I'd read in so long. It made me love fantasy again. And so I was so, so, so excited to read the second installment. Now, before we get into that, I do want to say, you might have been expecting an episode about The Reunion by Kayla Olson this week because I promised it in last week's episode. However, when I finished that book, I did not record... weekend after i finished it i didn't really have that much to say it was pretty short it was good i would recommend it if you really like books about celebrities second chance romance stuff like that but it was nothing special it was a pretty average romance i didn't have that much to say about it so i didn't record then after that i reread a river enchanted and it was still so amazing you guys whenever i reread something for the first time i always get really really nervous that maybe it's not going to live up to the memory in my head, I guess, especially when it's a book I love. If it's a book that I thought was good or I was like medium on, I don't know, then it's not as nerve wracking. But when I love it, it is because I'm like, well, what if it's knocked off of my all time favorites list? You guys know, A River Enchanted was still amazing this f- second time around. I literally cannot. I love the b- I love it. I love it. And so then it was time for me to dive into A Fire Endless. And I'm really excited to talk about it today. I'll just say right up front, I love this book. It was really good. It reminded me in positive ways about the things I liked about the first book. I do have some critiques. So I don't think I loved it as much as the first book. But I mean, that's pretty difficult considering that's probably one of my all-time faves ever. But I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I'm going to be continuing to read books by Rebecca Ross in the future. Her next book is Back to YA, which I'm, like, kind of sad about because this adult fantasy was giving me life, and I wish she was sticking with that, but it's okay. I'm going to check it out. We're going to see what happens. Um, So, yeah, I just want to kind of get into it. If you didn't listen to my River Enchanted episode, what are you doing? Stop. Go listen to it. It's literally such a fun time. I re-listened to it after I finished A River Enchanted and before I started A Fire Endless just to kind of like remind myself of what I was thinking at the time. And it was really funny to listen to it because when I finished A River Enchanted, I searched everywhere on the internet to find information about A Fire Endless, about the second book. And all I think I could find was that it was a duology in the name, but nothing about the plot. So my guesses for this book were just hilarious because by the time that I was re-listening to it, I already had a copy of *A Fire Endless* and I had read the kind of summary, like the inside book flap summary, so I knew that my guesses were wrong. Like I guessed it would be a year and a day later, it happens a month later, stuff like that. So my predictions were like not correct for the most part, but it's still fun to listen to hear kind of what I was thinking about that book. So I'm super excited to talk about this one. It picks up basically exactly where the first one left off. I'll provide a brief summary of the first book at the beginning of the plot summary, but I just kind of want to get into it. So first I'm going to issue a spoiler warning. If you do not want A Fire Endless to be spoiled, stop here. Go pick up the book. I would recommend it. You guys, this is one of the best fantasy series I have read in such a long time. Honestly, maybe since, I don't even know, like so long years. It's so, so, so good. So yeah, go read it and then come back and check out this episode after so you're not going to be spoiled. And then I just want to say that there is a lot of using blood for magical reasons in this book. So a lot of people like perking their fingers or slicing their hands or things like that. So it's not necessarily like self-harm, but that is something that happens a lot in this book, just so you are aware. So with that, I'm going to take a sip of water and then I'm going to get into this plot summary. This is a hefty book it's a geez how long is it it's just under 500 pages so I'm gonna do my best to be brief especially since I talked for a long time here at the top of the episode okay so book one we have this island named Cadence which oh that's okay wait I thought of some things I wanted to talk about later Okay, anyways, yeah, so Rack Cadence, it's a magical island. It is split up into the east with the Tamerlane clan, in the west with the Brecken clan. They have been fighting for 200 years. There's a line running down the middle of the island, and when you cross over it, they are alerted. and The west would raid the east because they had unlimited magic, but no natural resources. And the east had great natural resources food, they could, like, animals, all this different stuff. But when they use magic, there is a cost interesting thing about the magic system is it's very different than a typical fantasy magic system and that it's more people don't cast spells per se but it's like you could weave an enchanted plaid that is super strong or you can make an enchanted sword that when you cut somebody with it it does something jack has a truth blade um in the first book torn gets hit by one that makes him fearful one that takes his voice away things like that and then Jack is the bard, and he, when he can p- plays for the spirits for them to appear, then that is how he uses magic. So yeah, there are f- spirits, and they are ruled over by Bane, the king of the north, the wind, air, and he seals the mouths of the water, fire, and earth spirits. There is a hierarchy with fire being at the bottom, and the spirits kind of roam, and they can be mischievous, mischievous or they can be helpful. In the first book, the Tamerlane lasses are being stolen. We later find out it is by Moray Brecken, the heir of the West. And we have Jack, who comes back to try and find them. Plays with the spirits with Adara, the daughter of the chief of the East. And they end up getting married. And then we end up at the end finding out that Adara is actually the daughter of the chief of the West. And Moray's twin sister. Uh um, is taken into jail and Adara swaps places and she goes to the West. Also, we have Cedra and Torin. Torin is Adara's cousin and he is the guard of the East. He married Cedra like five years ago after his first wife died to take care of his daughter. And Cedra is a healer. The two of them in the first book kind of come to terms and like create a real relationship and realize they're in love with each other and whatever and yeah that's the shortest summary of book one as possible go read it or go listen to my episode so this is going to be such a struggle I'm already at like eight minutes and I have so much to say okay so at the beginning of book two it is a month later Adara has been in the west for a month at the end she didn't let Jack go with her because it is illegal to play music in the west and he is a bard Torin took over as chief when adara had to leave for the west because the east eastern people were so mean to her i do not understand what that was about so jack is basically like depressed and sidra and Torin are doing their best with Torin being the laird and then like they're having to move into the castle but sidra is a healer and she wants to be by her like croft their home which has her garden with all her herbs and stuff like that whatever so at the beginning of the book there is a blight that has struck this orchard and well actually i guess at the beginning of the book this guy dot die- this little boy dies and when cedric checks out his body she sees his whole leg is like has this weird purple gold bruise actually at the beginning of the book there's a prologue with the spirits there's this wind spirit named Kay. And she basically is a messenger for King Bane of the North Wind or whatever the heck his name is. And um, Bane hates Jack. And it's basically like Jack can never play his music for the spirits again. If he does, I'm going to kill him. And Kay is trying to protect him. But in doing so, Bane rips her wings off or two of her four wings off, and banishes her to Earth to live as a mortal. So that's how the beginning of the book starts. Then the blight happens, and it turns... The blight is, like, weirdly the same color as Kay's wings, but, I mean, it's never connected in the book, so I don't really know what that's about. So basically, anybody who touches this rotten fruit from the orchard, where they touch it, they get this thing that starts as a bruise, and then it spreads up their body. So... Torrin and Sidra are trying to figure that out. Cedra's the healer, so she's trying to figure it out. When she goes to see it, she accidentally steps on it through her boot because the wind rolled it in her path, evil King Bane. And, um, she gets the blight. Her and Torrin end up having a fight about, like, moving in because Torrin's trying to be the laird and it's, like, very difficult and all this different stuff. And... He ends up being called into the spirit world to try and find the um, antidote, basically. And so he leaves. He's, like, leaves. Him and Cedra have, like, a huge fight. And he leaves and goes for a walk. And on the walk, he finds the portal he goes through. And it's the earth spirits who have called him to try and heal the blight, basically. And so he decides to go. But the thing is, when you go to the spirit world, you could be gone for a hundred years in the mortal world but it could feel like only days or weeks have passed by because time works differently there so he goes knowing that this could happen but that he's like what would cedra do she would go so he decides to go um cedra meanwhile now has to become kind of the laird in his place and she finds out that she is pregnant with Torin's child honestly i say what a twist but not really because that's what i was hoping for at the end of book one but whatever And so she is blighted and having to deal with being the Laird and being pregnant. And it's all this different stuff. So she is also failing to solve the blight. And that is because only Torrin can figure it out because you have to be in the spirit world to do it. But I'll explain that more later. So back to Jack and Adara. Like I said, Jack's depressed. He tries playing for the Orchard spirit to figure out what's happening. But Bane kills the Orchard spirit that he summons with his music and that's rip not great jack starts playing a song um, because he misses his wife adara so much and the music ends up crossing over into the west so let's talk about what's going on in the west adara's been there for a month and she finds out that her birth parents inis and david all have been reading her mail so basically she hasn't sent that many letters and she eventually sends like a coded letter to jack and he figures out oh well, actually, what happens is they've been resealing them, so he figures out that they've been writing that, reading them, so he sends back, like, a letter, like, I'm, I'm reading through between the lines, like, I understand. Adara has, like, been kind of miserable there because it's such a different place. The West is much more brutal. Um, she is, like, trying to figure out her place. Everybody's calling her by Cora, which was the name her birth parents gave her, but not the name she really, like goes by because she grew up as Adara, right? So she is, like, not having a great time. She's very lonely. And then also the other thing is, like, her parents are trying to figure out if she can trust her. She's trying to figure out if they can trust them. Eventually, she is brought out into the Western society. And to do that, her mom, uh, uh Innes, is like, yo, you need to drink this poison called... A- it's from, like, the Athon Athan flower or something like that. I don't know. It basically, like, w- it's undetectable and there is no... Uh, remedy basically for it, and people try and poison us all the time. Your younger sister Sky died by being poisoned, so the only way you can like live is if you build up an immunity to it. So she takes it, and it's horrible. And that's when Jack's song plays. And the thing that she finds out is then if you have been dosed with Athene or whatever, um, and somebody cuts you, your blood runs as blue jewels, which is actually really interesting. So she goes, there's this a uh, Western thane named Rab something i don't remember his last name let's just say rob thomas i don't know and he's like trying to get with adara because he knows that she might be the future laird and so he wants an in he's also wanting to raid the east because they're already having like it's still summer and they're already having like store issues and things like that adara finds out that the way they deal with prisoners and bad guys is you go in jail and then it's basically gladiator fights to the death and if you win typically you are, like, brought back out into society, and if you lose, you die, or if you lose, you have to stay, whatever. So she finds out that Jack's dad is in there fighting and whatever because, um, they're trying to punish him for, you know, bringing Adara over to the east. Uh, so that's all happening. So then Jack ends up being like, yo, okay, so then after Jack plays this song, he, like, goes inside, and the fire starts speaking to him. Ash, the lord of the fire, is like, you need to go to the West and you need to play to defeat Bane and bring balance back to the island, basically. So Jack, like, sneaks over to the West and he is intercepted by Rab Thomas who steals his stuff, calls him a liar and a thief and puts him in jail. He obviously knows who Jack is, but he wants him to die so that he can marry Adara. So Jack is forced into the gladiator fight and uh, he has, like, a gag and a helmet on so nobody could see who he is and he's fighting his dad eventually he somehow figures it out i don't know somehow they figure out that he doesn't die basically his dad does not kill him and he refuses to fight he runs around and somehow adara figures it out she stops the fight brings jack in the two of them like i don't know if they confess their love for each other at this point but they're like i missed you this was horrible i hated being separated from you and basically oh also during this time adara finds Kay, the um, wind spirit who was like banished to the ground they go meet Kay, and she can't speak but when you touch her she can like pass on her memories so she's showing them the memories of this and they end up putting her in. they so then they end up learning the story of egan the bard an old bard of the west who basically played to the spirits and was like malevolent and bad and whatever we end up finding out later on in the book that egan becomes king bane Which I saw that coming pretty much immediately after he was introduced and we learned that they never found his body and you know that he played for the spirits and he like forced um, them to give him power basically. So Jack figures that out, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Torin is in the spirit world. He's depressed because he wants to be home, but he's trying to figure out this riddle of how to solve the blight basically and it's like sisters reunited blood salt and tears something like that so we know the sisters are win in arena from the first book so he's like trying to figure out and he's like he follows around Sidra for a while and he's like you know what i need to go into the west so he goes into the west and like he oh also moray ends up escaping from the east he kills five guards and he goes back there to meet his sister he went he ends up getting arrested eventually but then basically meets with the and is like please kill Innes, and then I'll take over as the Laird of the West. You go back, be the Laird of the East, and we'll, like, rule the island together, basically. Adara's like, uh, I'll let you know, um, because he gets arrested and he has to fight Jack's dad in the gladiator fight, and Adara makes a, I don't know if it was Adara or Jack, but they make, like, a deal with Innes that if Jack's dad wins, then he goes free, basically. Anyways, Torrin's, like, following Moray around, and he ends up getting the rent of flowers, the Athean flower he gets flowers from wind's crown and he like puts the three of those together and he uses fire for and he uses like salt water and his own blood or something like that and he fails he tries something else and he fails and eventually he's like wait a second and he gets the fire um, blossom flowers that Cedra used in the first book to heal him and he is like combining all of them and he cries and his hands bleed. The blisters on his hands break open. And um, he cries. And then I don't remember the fire part. But anyways, he makes it. Yay. So now he can go back. Meanwhile, um, Adara. So Moray and Jack's dad, whose name I really just can't remember in this moment. The two of them fight. Jack's dad wins, which was like absolutely shocking. i talk about that later. So he goes free. Moray is dead, and then Ennis is basically, like, to Adara. I, well, actually, that happens later. Okay, anyways. So, Adara gets her parents to allow Cedra to come to try and work with David to figure out how to fix the blight, which is, like, such a movement forward. So, he com- she comes with some of her guards, and when she's there... Adara tells her about the poison because they're having this dinner and she's like you guys need to take this so you don't die and Jack is like I'm not going to take it because I need to be able to play the music and if I take it I won't be able to and Cedra's like I can't take it because I'm pregnant so she has her guards step in and t- drink from the three of their cups and Jack and Cedra's cups are poisoned by Rab Thomas not surprising and uh, Adara's wasn't also not surprising because he wants to marry her and cedra figures out how to cure the poison because she uses the fire flowers from the east side to heal this western poison and so then they're like working to figure it out Torin comes back from the spirit world and he's like he heals everybody he first he heals all the spirits then he well he only heals the spirits in the east but there's blighted trees in the west too I don't know, that was never explained. Then he heals the people in the East. He figures out that Cedra's in the West, so he, like, sprints over to the West. Throughout all of this, he also, like, became to appreciate the spirits and, like, revere them and trust them and, like, honor them, and I was all about that. So he goes over there, and he brings, like, the cure. Meanwhile, Jack is like, okay, I need to play to kill Bane, basically, but he's like, I'm going to go alone. So Jack goes and he plays this song alone. Adara's like, no, Jack, you can't go. There's this huge storm going on because Bane kind of knows what's happening. Jack, so yeah, to, see Dara and Torin like heal everybody. Jack plays the song and he undoes the mat because he basically takes Egan's song and writes the reverse of it to honor instead of to tear down everybody. And doing so, he ends up defeating Egan, but taking the crown himself and becoming the king of the spirits. And the fire comes and claims him. And Adara's like, oh, no. And then, like, we're into the last 50 pages of the book. So Jack's gone. Adara is depressed. Innes is like, I want you to be my heir. Adara thinks about it and eventually accepts because she originally didn't want to. But then she's like, I will. Um, when Jack did that, he when he played his song and there was this fire it destroyed half of the clan line. And that half you can now cross over without there being any sort of, um, like, you can't you can't tell basically what there's no magic there anymore and they turn um jack's dad's house into a trading center for people from the east and the west to come and trade and they're trying to like build up this relationship and also the river from the first book evaporates during jack's whole song playing thing and so they're doing that and then yeah so they're kind of building these relationships and then at the very end we go back to jack up in the spirit world and he's like, I can't be here. Like, this isn't where i meant to be. I left my heart on Cadence with my wife. And the spirits, like, don't want him to leave, but they ultimately accept it. But they say, if you go back, you can never play music again. Jack is like, that's fine. I need to be with Adara. I, like, low-key not made a mistake, but it's like, if she, like, I left my heart there. I'll never be happy here. They're like, okay, fine. And then in his place, Kay becomes the new ruler of the spirit realm Jack goes back, him and Adara reunite, and um, it was really nice. Let me read you. You know what? Let me read you the last line, the last, like, few lines, because it was, like, a very nice ending. So, um, at the end, they're, like, going to Jack's um, mom's cottage where his dad now lives with his sister and grandma, and he's like, he wondered what tomorrow would bring, what the days ahead would be like in this new world. In Isle United, his hand in Adara's, their scars aligned, but that is a story for another windy, firelit night. Now, we're never going to get another Windy firelit Night to know what that story is because this is a duology and we're done. But maybe one day, if I pray hard enough, Rebecca Ross will write more stories set in this world. I pray so hard that that is the case. I could read a hundred more stories set here with these characters, with new characters. I don't know. I just loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. You guys, so good. So let's hop into the discussion section because I've been holding you hostage for long enough with all of that beginning stuff. So where should I start? I guess let's start just kind of like overall that, yes, I did enjoy it. Did I like it as much as the first book? No. Did I still love it? Yes. Um, The beginning was very, very angsty because you have... Adara and Jack separated. Like I said, Jack was, like, low-key depressed and he was super angsty. Adara's, like, dealing with, like, being in the West and that's very difficult. And Cedra and Torrin are, like, kind of fighting through this beginning part. I guess, like, I want to talk a little bit about Cedra and Torrin. They are still my two faves. I love them so much. I'm so deeply invested in their lives. I was low-key really sad that... So, Jack comes back, like, about six months No, four months later was like 110 days or something like that and so obviously Cidra's not given birth to her child yet but I was like I really wanted to know did they have a boy or a girl but we never find out so that was kind of sad ripped me but anyway Cidra and Torn are still my favorites they also had some really interesting character development in this book all four characters had really good character development but I want to talk about Cidra and Torn first because I love them the most I still love Jack and Adara, like, don't get me wrong. And the thing is, like, this book series, like, when you read the first book, it's just telling you about Jack and Adara and then, at, like, the sum- like the back of the book summary. And then when you get into it, uh, Cedra and Torin are introduced and you're like, what the heck? And But then I love them. And then in this book, you do, like, in the summary, hear about all of them. But it's, like, pretty much, like, probably, like two-thirds Jack and Adara, one-third Sidra and Torrin, and there's, like, a good part where Sidra like, kind of, so this book is split up into four different parts, and in part three you don't really see Cedra at all because basically she's not needed for plot reasons, which was super upsetting to me, but we did get a lot of torrent chapters in that section, so that was fine, but, like, okay, so basically all this is to say I didn't get enough of them, I miss them. I wanted more. I could read like so I could just read solely about them because I love them so much. But like their character development. Torrance was really interesting. So in the first book, his development is really about like, figuring out how to deal with the fact that he is like, killed people, but his wife is a healer. And how can they come together and like becoming able to communicate with her. By the end of the first book, the two of them like, have like confessed their feelings, their love for each other. And they like, are like in a good place relationship wise but now he's having to become the laird and it's like putting d- new strain on their relationship but like the other thing about him from book one is he does not really trust the spirits whereas cedra is super faithful and so it's really interesting to see that he's the one chosen to go to the spirit world mostly because they can't pick jack because he's been got ash like blessing him and using him and they can't pick cedra because she's blighted so it's he's like guess i'm just like what was left But it's interesting because during that time, he learns about how much the spirits love and protect the people, especially like people like his wife. And then like what they he also then is able to see them and interact with them. And he's able to see how they are resisting the evil King Bane and all this different stuff. And so when he comes back, he's not a different person. But like there, it's also interesting because he's described as like, having physically looking a little bit different and that he's like kind of slimmed down while he was gone. He comes back and he looks kind of wild. He's not wearing shoes. He's got flowers in his hair, dirt everywhere, like stuff like that. And like, so you're seeing like there's this physical difference explaining kind of like inside what changed about him. And it was like really nice. Whereas Sidra is learning to take charge and lead. Now, I think now that Torns back, she's not necessarily going to become the clan leader but i think that she is like understanding that uh she's not just a healer that she can lead she can do these different things and she was pretty she was like kind of a badass in this book which was super cool because in the first book it's not that's not really the case but that was fun i guess talking about jack and adara's character development i mean adara is dealing with a lot she's like dealing with the fact that her parents lied to her and she's actually from the west she's dealing with the fact that fact that the west is just so different and what i really appreciated about adara in this book is that she didn't like basically she's brought to the west and innis tries to make her into a woman of the west tries to make her hard tries to make her just like her you know what i'm saying like take the poison become a fighter let people kill each other in these gladiator fights for honor like We starve, we do the raids, we do this, we do that. And Adara's like, no, I will not take part in these things. I am not a a child of the West, even if I was born here. I didn't grow up here. And so I come from a different perspective. And she ends up getting Ennis to accept that and also welcome it and allow her to, or really want her to be the new Laird of the West after she dies. And um, I really appreciated that because Adara chose, and then at the end, it accepts that she's Adara and everybody starts calling her that instead of Cora. And I just really appreciated the fact that Adara, while she did struggle, ended up, like, figuring out that even though she, her parents are not who she thought they were and, like, she is Western and this and that, that she can still have these Eastern values. She didn't have to assimilate. And she could bring it. And she also, Adara, was just so dedicated to bringing the aisle together, which I also really, really appreciated. Jack was, like, kind of the same, I guess, except he become. I don't, I don't know if Jack really had that much character development in this book. I still love him. Um, what a man. But, like, I'm trying to think. I guess I kind of want to talk about, well, okay, let's talk about my main gripe with this book, is that I felt like the climactic scene was not Climatic enough. So, like this. So, in the first book, we see Jack play for the spirits four times, and each time, like, there's so much explanation of like the first time when he's playing for the water spirits. There's so much like explanation of like them appearing and how they look and how his music was and the this and the that and the same thing with like the earth and the wind and like when he's playing to uh, the river to bring back his sister when Moray is trying to steal her in the f- in the first book. Like, you just feel it, right? It feels like there's so much action. In this book, when he's playing the songs to all four spirit, like, types and to defeat King Bane, like, it didn't, it just didn't do it for me. It's like, I don't know if, I don't necessarily think it wasn't, it was that it wasn't long enough. It's that it wasn't descriptive enough, I guess, because basically he starts playing and he's, like, playing for the... uh, Fire spirits first, and he's like, I don't know if anything's happening. And then he plays for the wild earth spirits, and he's like, I don't know if anything's happening. And then the river spirit goes up and it's like, keep playing. As he starts playing for the earth spirits, he's like, Oh, I can tell it's happening now. He's playing for the wind, and it explains he plays for each one, but like, it doesn't really s- explain what he's playing about. Like, even though it's like, oh, the fire's coming and Bane's coming and he's, like, trying to get him and this and that, like, it just didn't feel very descriptive because none of the other, like, the spirits don't appear and it's like, oh, Bane is shooting lightning and killing all these trees that are protecting him, but you don't see the trees moving to try to protect him. I don't know. Like, it just, you know what it was? It's like, you don't, in the first book, when he's playing for the spirits, you envision it. Like, you can see it. And in this book, you just don't. You're, like, reading it. And it just didn't feel very, like, high stakes at all. It felt very, very much low stakes. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, playing the last bar in Eang slash Bane. is like, you stole my song. Now you've stolen my crown. And then he just disappears and jackets the crown. It was, like, just, it was not climactic enough for me. And that was my main issue with this book. I think if that had been different, then maybe, maybe it could have beat book one. But it did not. Um, and then kind of, I guess, talking about how I thought it was going to end. I So, like, as I was reading it, I really thought that Jack and Adira were just going to become the clan leaders of the entire isle. That basically, like, Cedra and Torin would step... Well, I guess that Torin would step down and that Innes would step down and the two of them would come and lead a united isle. Thinking back on it, I guess that was actually pretty naive of me to believe because, you know... Ah, these people have been fighting for over 200 years and there's intense prejudice and hatred what I think Rebecca Ross did with like establishing the trade and they're starting to get to know each other is a lot more believable versus these people who have hated each other for 200 years all of a sudden are like fine we can share a ruler I I don't know I guess I was just being a little naive in my beliefs but I think it would have been cool if that was the case um but it's not. I also, like, thought that Adara was going to go back to the East, but no, she accepted to be the Laird of the West, which once I realized that Moray Brecken dies, which that was shocking to me, when he broke out and came back and then, like, literally died and there was still a good chunk of book left, I was just kind of shocked. I was like, wait, what? Like, it was kind of crazy, you guys. I don't know. I thought it was a little wild. If you guys have read it, let me know what you thought. So, the book didn't necessarily end the way I thought it did. I think the other thing is when I read this book a second time, I think the enjoyment's going to be even more increased because the last 50 pages, Jack plays his song and disappears and then there's 50 more pages before he appears again and it was like really hard to focus and enjoy those 50 pages because the whole time I was wondering if Jack was like dead or gone or ever coming back or not. Because you just don't know, and it's like you know that he must come back, right? But you don't know. And the other thing is, like at the in the summary, it says that like the ultimate sacrifice might be required or something like that to like bring the aisle back together and like undo the. Sp- oh, I guess the other thing is they undo the other part of the clan line by wi- by Sidra, not Sidra, by Torin and Adara, like joining hands with their blood spilt and speaking good things about the other side of each island. Um, and that undoes the curse that the Joan and Fingal put on it 200 years ago, whatever. So I don't know what I was saying before. Th- oh, it was hard for me to enjoy the last 50 pages because I was just so distracted by whether or not Jack was coming back. I had to know. I didn't know. I had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, ah, what's it going to be? I don't know. Um, so I think now this time that I know what's happened, I can like really appreciate like the ending stuff with Sidra and Torrin and then also like appreciate what's going on with the um, trade and things like that. Let's see. I just have a few last things to talk about. One of them is that I know that I enjoyed this book because I was going through it and I would just like whip. I would be like, I would like whip and be like, yeah, that's right. This is so good. I would just be like chef's kiss. I love this. So like because I was having physical body reactions of like how much I loved it, how excited I was about things. That was great. And then I guess I want to end it off by thinking like the the name of the aisle is Cadence. And in the first book, I didn't really think about it. But as I was reading the second book, I was like Cadence, musical Cadence, um, because, like, I think cadence. Like, you know, what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google what cadence means. Okay, here are the two definitions from Google. One, a modulation or inflection of the voice. Two, a sequence of notes or chords comprising the close of a musical piece, musical phrase. So, like, as I was thinking about it, I was like, cadence, and the music was like important, and I like was putting it all together. So, I think that's actually really cool that the aisle is called cadence. I am intrigued as to, like, if, like, will somebody else just try and be like Egan and be a bard and take power again? Like, how is that going to work? I don't really know. I don't know. But, like, it's interesting. I just kind of find it really interesting and fascinating that music is the most powerful thing there. I don't know. I think it's really cool. And finally, the river, the river enchanted becomes a road, a road between the two places. And I think that's... Like, it was serving as a road in the first book, but, like, in, in a bad way, I guess? Like, sneaky way, and people were stealing things and this and that. But now it's a road, and they're connected, and I think that's really nice. I think that's pretty much everything I want to say about this book. I loved it. It was great. I had such a good time. I'm so happy. Like, I was really nervous that it wasn't going to live up to, uh, not the hype, because I don't see anybody talking about these books, which is a crime. It's a literal crime. These books are amazing. I can't believe people don't talk about them more. But I don't know what I'm saying. I really enjoyed it. You guys all need to read it if you haven't already. If you haven't and you listened to this whole thing and I spoiled it, sorry, but I didn't hit everything, which I know was shocking considering how much I talked. But, you know, you never know. So... Let's see. Please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It would mean so much to me, um, and I would really appreciate it. You can also follow me on Instagram at I've Read Book Once Blog. I have not posted in, like, six months, but you could DM me there if you want to talk about this book, this episode, or this podcast. I would love to chat with you and hear your opinions. Because I want to talk about this book so bad and right now nobody I know has read it. So I have no one to talk about this to except for my microphone. And by that, you all. Oh, I just hit my head. Well, I, okay, whatever. You could also email me at I read a book once blog at gmail.com. If you don't want to talk to me over Instagram DMs, I'm happy to talk that way as well. And with that, next week, I don't know what next week's episode will be because I have two different books. I am going to Florida and I promise not to take a six-month hiatus this time like I did last time. And I'm not sure. I have two different books. I have the new Tessa Bailey book, Secretly Yours, which I've never read a Tessa Bailey and I'm really excited about it. And then I also got a YA slash new A, new adult, YA slash NA, new adult um, fantasy book that also looks kind of intriguing and I can't remember what it's called but um so i don't know you guys get to be surprised next time so with that my name is emma this was i read a book once and i'll catch you guys next time